the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. When you came to Christ, you didn't understand all the doctrine behind your salvation and that he's a propitiation for your sins and all of your sins have been put upon him. And you didn't fully get that. You probably weren't thinking about where you're going to spend eternity. I would bet that probably most of us here were grateful that Jesus saved us from ourselves and the mess we were making of ourselves and of our own life. And yes, absolutely, we want eternal life. But in the beginning, I need you to save me from me. I need you to save me from me. Do you relate to that sentiment? Have you ever pleaded with God to change your heart and make you new? In today's message, Pastor Dan teaches about the prayer that Jonah prayed from the belly of a whale. He declared, salvation belongs to the Lord before he was saved from his perilous situation. The salvation he was declaring was so much greater than his current circumstance. He first was saved from himself, from the path of destruction he was on. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of Jonah, chapter 2, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. God promises that if we call to him, he will answer us. And it doesn't matter where we are when we call on him. It doesn't matter how much we've rebelled against him. It doesn't matter how hard we have run away from him. It doesn't matter how foolish we've been. It doesn't matter how much we've messed up our lives. We can call to him. At any point in that, we can call to him and he'll answer us. But I want you to notice here, it says that Jonah prayed out of the belly of Sheol. I cried and you heard my voice. Note that word Sheol there. Sheol is an Old Testament word for the place of the dead, which raises the question, was Jonah dead or alive in the fish? Now, many Bible teachers believe that Jonah was speaking figuratively here about Sheol. But there are some Bible teachers who believe Jonah actually died. And the miracle was that God resurrected him from the dead. That the real miracle in the story of Jonah is not that he remained alive in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. The real miracle is that he was dead for three days and three nights. And then God raised him from the dead, which certainly fits with the typology of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Not to mention, if he's alive in the belly of the fish, it takes him three days before he starts praying. I'm praying as I'm getting swallowed by that. I'm, you know, I mean, how stubborn is this guy that he's going to sit in the belly of that fish for three days? And I'm not praying. I don't care. I'm not praying. I'm fine. It, I, I like it here. It's fine. I don't think it's uncomfortable at all. I like the smell. I like the humidity. It's, it's wonderful. 
Now, I personally hold the, the view that Jonah actually died and was resurrected. I believe that's the miracle here in the story of Jonah, that he died and after three days, God raised him from the dead. And that's the sign of the prophet Jonah that Jesus spoke of. You don't have to have that view. It's okay if you don't have that view. There's lots of great Bible teachers who have that view. There's lots of great Bible teachers who hold the other view. It's okay. You don't have to have the same view as me on that. You don't have to send me emails either about your views on that or how wrong my view is. That's fine. But he uses the word Sheol here, which is the place of the dead. Now look at verse 3. Look what he says. He's praying to the Lord, for you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your billows and your waves passed over me. Jonah says to the Lord, you cast me into the deep. Lord, you put me in this situation. It wasn't just bad luck. It wasn't the sailors who cast me overboard. I realize now it was you, Lord. You did this. Sometimes you come to that realization, don't you? Where you suddenly realize, you know what? This is the Lord that's put me in this situation. And this is the Lord who is chastening me. Or this is the Lord who's humbling me. That this is happening. And there's these other people that are involved. There's the sailors who actually did the throwing over the the side. But it's really the Lord doing it. He's the cause of this. And there really isn't a secondary cause. It's the Lord. Now, in the second half of verse 3, Jonah describes his experience in the water. And the picture in the second half, he says, the floods surround me, all your billows and your waves pass over me. The picture is that of Jonah treading water and the billows and waves are passing over him as he's trying to tread water there. Then I said, I have been cast out of your sight, yet I will look again towards your holy temple. I love this. In 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 30, when Solomon dedicated the temple to the Lord and Solomon prayed, part of his prayer that he prayed to the Lord, Solomon said, May you hear the supplication of your servant and of your people Israel when they pray toward this place, wherever they are in the world, whatever situation they're in, maybe they're not here geographically in Jerusalem, in the temple, but whenever they pray toward this place, here in heaven, your dwelling place, and when you hear, Forgive. I love that. And that's why synagogues, by the way, today are orientated towards Jerusalem so that the people in the synagogue are praying towards Jerusalem because of this prayer that Solomon prayed. When when people pray toward this place, wherever they are in the world, whatever situation they're in, Lord, would you hear from heaven and would you forgive them of their sins? And here is Jonah bobbing up and down in the sea while waves are passing over his head, struggling to keep his head above water. He's literally about to go under. And from there, he looks toward the temple. And I'm sure he's not looking the direction geographically towards Jerusalem, but in his heart and his mind, he's looking toward the temple and he's praying to the Lord. And again, it doesn't matter what situation you're in. You can cry out to Jesus Christ. If you're here and you are drowning, Emotionally, mentally, relationally, financially, or all of the above. Cry out to the Lord Jesus Christ. Set your heart toward him. And he'll save you. Look at verse 5. The waters surrounded me even to my soul. The deep closed around me. Weeds 
were wrapped around my head. He says, the water surrounded me. Jonah begins to sink. He's treading water. He can't tread water anymore. He begins to sink. He can only tread water for so long. He says, the waters surrounded me even to my soul. That's an idiom that implies death. It's used elsewhere to speak of death. Jonah is drowning here. He says, the deep closed around me. Weeds have wrapped around my head. Speaking of seaweed, Jonah sunk to the bottom of the Mediterranean Sea. Look at verse 6. I went down to the moorings of the mountains, the earth with its bars closed behind me forever. Yet you have brought up my life from the pit, O Lord, my God. As he drowns, Jonah's body sunk down to the moorings of the mountains, the bottom of the sea. The bottom of the mountains on the sea floor. He says, the earth with its bars closed behind me forever. The bars here refers to the bars or gates of Sheol or the grave. Again, Jonah seems to be describing his death. If you're taking notes, you can jot down Job chapter 38, verse 17. Job 38, 17. Psalm 9, verse 13. Psalm 9, verse 13. And Psalm 107, verse 18. Psalm 107, verse 18. These three refer to the gates of death. The gates of death. In Isaiah chapter 38, verse 10, refers to the gates of Sheol, the grave. And look what he says. Look what he says. Look at verse 6 again. Jonah said, the gates closed behind me forever. Again, I believe he's describing death here. The gates have shut forever as his body sunk to the bottom. Jonah's spirit went to Sheol forever. Or so he thought. This is it. There's a finality to it. But look at the last part of verse 6. Yet you have brought my life up from the pit, O Lord, my God. Now, the word pit, again, if you're a note taker, that's another word for the grave. You know where else we find that same word? In Psalm 16, verse 10. Psalm 16, verse 10 is a messianic psalm about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Psalm 16, verse 10, I'll just read it to you. For you will not leave my soul in Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. Your Holy One is the Messiah. Jesus Christ. The New Living Translation says, you will not allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. That's the same word. Psalm 16, verse 10 says, the body of the Messiah would not see corruption because he would be raised from the pit. Speaking of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the same expression is used to describe what happened to Jonah. Verse 6 says, Jonah was raised from the pit. Jonah was resurrected, yet you have brought up my life from the pit. O Lord, my God. Again, there are some that think he's speaking figuratively here. And there are those that believe he's speaking literally, that he's died. And God raised him up again. Verse 7, when my soul fainted. Within me, I remembered the Lord and my prayer went up to you into your holy temple. Now, this expression here, when my soul fainted within me, it refers to the departure of the soul at death. 
That's how it's used elsewhere in the Bible. Again, there are those that are saying, speaking figuratively here, that he's alive in the belly of the fish, and he's using figurative language. Others see it as literal. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. The New Living Translation says, As my life was slipping away, as his life was slipping away, Jonah prayed. And his prayer went up to the Lord, to his holy temple in heaven. And again, if you hold the view that this is literal, that he died, after three days the Lord raised Jonah to life. And so it's easy to understand why Jesus said the sign of Jonah would be the sign of his own resurrection. Just as Jonah died and rose again, even so Jesus would die for the sins of the world and rise again on the third day. Now, In verses 8 and 9, Jonah ends his prayer with a commitment. He says, those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. To forsake the Lord Jesus Christ for anything else is to forsake your own mercy. Right? The Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard. It's just hard. It's just a hard way to go. But when we're walking with the Lord, we have the mercy of the Lord upon our lives all the time. Just as it says in 1 John, as we walk in the light, right? The blood of Jesus Christ continually cleanses us of our sin. As we walk with him, he's merciful to us. He's gracious to us. You forsake the Lord. You're forsaking mercy. You're forsaking his grace in your life. You're heading off on your own. Now he says here in verse 9, but, but I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. Now, Jonah's still in the belly of the fish when he says this. He's not standing on the beach, you know, wiping the slime off. saying Salvation is of the Lord. Praise the Lord. He's still in the gullet of that fish. And he doesn't have any way of getting out of this situation. He doesn't know that God is going to deliver him and have the fish vomit him up on the beach. So what's he talking about? He has come to understand God's grace and mercy in his own life. So when he says here that salvation is of the Lord, he hasn't been saved out of his terrible circumstances. He's still in the exact same situation he was in before. So what is he saying? He's been saved from himself. He's been saved from his 
rebellion. He's been saved from his disobedience. He has run from God and now he is no longer running from God. How many of you, without a show of hands, but I mean, how many of you, when you came to Christ, you didn't all understand all the doctrine behind your salvation and that he's a propitiation for your sins and all of your sins have been put upon him and you didn't fully get that. You probably weren't thinking about where you're going to spend eternity. I would bet that probably most of us here were grateful that Jesus saved us from ourselves and the mess we were making of ourselves and of our own life. And yes, absolutely, we want eternal life. But in the beginning, I need you to save me from me. I need you to change who I am. Change my heart. Change the kind of person I am. And make me new. And for Jonah, that's Jonah. He's still in the belly of a fish. But now, I'll sacrifice to you with a voice of thanksgiving. Thank the Lord. Praise the Lord. (laughs) He's having a little worship service in the belly of a fish. I will pay what I have vowed. He's making a commitment to the Lord. And then he declares salvation is of the Lord. Not physical salvation from a fish. Salvation from my sin. The idea of being trapped in the belly of a fish or the belly of a whale. It's terrifying. The thought of it. Jonah's been set free. And he's still trapped. But the dude is free. Right? And who Christ sets free is free indeed. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what the circumstances are. God used those circumstances to get Jonah to this place of humility and contriteness and brokenness. And now, man, he is free as can be. But he's still in the belly of a fish. And he still doesn't know how this is all going to work out. Or if it's going to work out at all. But he can say, salvation is of the Lord. By the way, the name Jesus means salvation is of the Lord. And in the Hebrew, he's saying the name of Jesus. Joshua, Jehovah is what he's saying here. Salvation is of the Lord. Just as you remember in Matthew's gospel, chapter 1, verse 21, the angel told Joseph to take Mary as his wife, for the child that is in her womb is of the Holy Spirit. And the angel told Joseph, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. That's what Jesus means. Jehovah is salvation, or salvation is of The Lord, salvation has come from the Lord. God sent salvation into the world in the person of Jesus Christ to save us from our rebelliousness, from our disobedience to the Lord, from going our own way, and to provide for us eternal life through Jesus Christ and the hope of the resurrection. Because Jesus Christ died and was buried and on the third day he rose again from the grave. 
those of us who put our faith in him will also be raised from the dead one day. The hope of the resurrection. Jesus is described as the first fruits and the forerunner of the resurrection. He's the first to be resurrected, first of many, of all those who put their faith in. And he's the forerunner for us. He goes before us into eternal life. You know, the early Christians, really all the way up until about the fourth century, the early Christians, the early church, they used the image of Jonah and the fish as a symbol of the resurrection. It's very common in early church tombs and on coffins or sarcophagi, like stone coffins. They would carve an image of Jonah in the fish. It became a symbol for them of the resurrection that would come, the hope of the resurrection that they have through Jesus Christ. You find it everywhere. Isn't it interesting? You only find it like in children's books now. But back then it was artwork and they would do these intricate carvings. There's one and it was on a coffin and it's a picture of a fish with two legs sticking out of the mouth of the fish (laughs) on someone's coffin. You know, it reminded them of the hope of the resurrection. So verse 10. So the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah out onto dry land. Now, he's still 550 miles away from Nineveh. So the fish vomited Jonah out onto dry land and has Jonah deposited. And I love this right on the beach where he first got on a ship trying to run from God's presence. This is the grace of God here. Here he is. He's rebelled. He's disobeyed. He's angry with God. He gets on a ship. He's trying to get as far away from what God has called him to. And he goes through this whole thing. And what does God do? He puts him right back on the beach where he started from. All right, let's do this again. Aren't you glad he does that? Aren't you glad that when you mess up, I mess up, when we rebel, when we're stubborn and stiff necked and we demand to get our way or we just ignore what God is telling us and we go off on our own and it ends up in a disaster. And the Lord in his grace and his mercy just kind of brings us back to where we first got off the path, puts us right there on the beach. It's okay, you know, we're just going to do this over. We're going to put you right here now that you've learned your lesson And now I'm going to give you another opportunity to get it right. And we're going to forget about all that other stuff because it's all under the blood of Jesus Christ. Right. And we're just going to start here fresh. What does the Bible say? His mercies are new every morning. Every day he gives us a fresh start and we can royally screw up a day. And the next day he says, all right, my mercies are new. Yesterday it's under the blood. Yeah, it was a bad day. But we're going to start over right here. And we're going to act just as if that day yesterday never even happened. And we're going to give you a fresh start right here and give you another chance. And that's exactly what he's going to do. The word of the Lord came to him a second time. And he says the same thing to him. And this time he's going to go to Nineveh and preach the message that God tells him to preach. He asked me how I know, and I 
say Rings truer than the finest crystal You've been listening to Pastor Dan Sexton on Ring of Truth. Pastor Dan's been teaching through the book of Jonah, found in the Old Testament among the minor prophets. Jonah's tale is well known, mainly for the big fish that swallowed him. But there's plenty of additional lessons to learn from this man and his story. We hope you'll join us next time as Pastor Dan continues to share from this book. Ring of Truth is a ministry out of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. If you're in the Columbia, Maryland area, come see us. We'd be honored to have you join us for worship, fellowship, and time studying God's Word. When you visit, be sure to let us know you've been listening to Ring of Truth. We are currently meeting on Sunday mornings at 8.30 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 12.30 p.m. Or join us on Thursdays at 7 p.m. for a midweek time to reconnect and study the Bible together. You can find our location and more information about Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City on our website, calvaryec.com. If you're not in the area, you can watch online. You'll also find more teachings from this series and others Pastor Dan has shared on our site. And you can find a link to connect through Facebook. Once again, that website is calvaryec.com. We've come to the end of our time for today, but we encourage you to continue reading through the book of Jonah. And then join us again next time for another edition of Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft in them. Well, I know because I know His voice and it only takes General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.